0: Hello and welcome to The Mint Condition. I am Bunchu, alongside my esteemed colleagues and co-hosts, Chamber and Des. Chamber, how you doing, buddy? doing pretty good, man. Getting uh, getting excited. I just had a conversation with
1: my uh, daughter just before hopping on here. Um, in the war room, they were talking about like a... Uh, uh, Your daughter's in the no, war room? she's going to be, uh, because they were talking about oh. doing some sort of like Fortnite stuff in the war room, and I think I'm just going to have my daughter uh, play for me. Uh, and I said, I literally just had the conversation. I'm like, I'm like, How good are you at Fortnite? She's like, Really good. I'm like, Could you beat like a bunch of like old men like me? There's <laughs> no
0: doubt she could take out Cap. <laughs> she could definitely take out Cap. I'm calling it right now. The Chamber's daughter versus Cap Fortnite experience, uh, streaming live in the war room. Coming she soon. has uh, she's
1: inherited my, um, my confidence level. So she has youth and confidence. I feel. That's an unstoppable combination.
0: I'm very confused by Mr. House's antics down there. He's giving me thumbs down and thumbs up. He's, at the he's same all over time. the place. So I love I'm, it. <laughs> he's very unstable today. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, uh, Dez, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing
2: good. Just want to give a yeah shout out. I, I copy and pasted your... Uh, your post to Chamber yesterday, just because I was too lazy to create my own, and I thought it was really well written. But uh, happy, happy birthday! <laughs> Thanks, to, man. To, to to the big guy here. Um, hopefully, we can get some crazy uh, trade rumors in the back half of the season and get Kyrie over to LA for you, and then uh, we'll really spice things up. Oh my goodness! Watch out. That'd be a nice you birthday. Yeah, for he'll, he'll no? tweet.
3: He'll tweet something suspect and ride the bench for the rest of the no. year. It'll be. It'll be a great trade <laughs> for you guys. No, we got That'll D'Angelo awesome. Russell. I
1: feel like D'Angelo Russell is like a poor man's uh, Kyrie without the headaches. What do we think hmm, about that? That's interesting. As, a, as a Cavs yeah.
3: fan, which is an unfortunate thing in, in general, but we had Kyrie before he, you know, tweeted suspect things, and <laughs> uh, you know that was great.
1: Uh, he was oh. he was awesome. I'm just but, not, I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure he's committed to the game of basketball as a full time career. You you wouldn't want him in the in the summer. Not really. No, too much money. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Give me two superstars with quality role players. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen the new look Lakers, but they're looking pretty nice. Uh, I was really excited last night. They had a nice game where uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron played like garbage, and they still one-handedly. Uh, so I was I was very excited.
2: That's about a that. good sign.
1: Well.
0: I mean that. Look, if we're just drafting flat earthers, Kyrie <laughs> number one, overall, Dude, he's way number way number one flat earth draft pick of all time. Hundred percent, absolutely, a hundred percent. By the way, Cap says that he's retired from gaming against children under the age of 29 he's only eligible for the senior (laughs) circuit and because he's got to give the game a a chance gamers a chance out there so uh all right we will not be seeing chambers daughter versus um versus cap uh let's before we dive into the the episode here bundy came in hot with his hand up for i mean like right off the bat so bundy what's going on today
1: so I just wanted to make sure we were starting the show off right. Which one of you Yahoos made the caption at the top because somebody spells something wrong and it clicks to nowhere. Just oh, that's me. It, so. it doesn't uh, Okay, oh, well, let me can I can, can, is, I, can this is reason.
3: he's a he's a 40-year-old man now. Listen, you know, well it, besides <laughs> the fact that I'm forty cognitive <laughs> decline.
1: When yeah. you normally tag somebody in on Twitter, the uh, as as you start typing, it, it starts to generate and you can just click on it. The problem with spaces is if you don't get it exactly right, it doesn't auto populate. Uh,
0: so you really have well, to plug it in. Well, I have though. a bone to pick with. I have a bone to pick with Elon on that in general. It is definitely not working properly as it has in the past. Like people that I follow, like you, I have to spell out your entire name. You don't populate for me anymore. I have to spell out your entire name to find you. So I, I have a feeling it's a uh, Twitter thing and not a, a oh, you good. thing. So which so which uh, I'm gonna give I can, you pass I can on correct that. this quickly.
1: What which part is it? i feel like it's two l's yeah. in the beginning and one l oh, there in. it is well that's just because i'm not very good at spelling that's the uh, french way yeah. <laughs> yeah it's the canadian way of spelling that that's pretty yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: well we have a lot of canadians here actually ironically but they spell it right so it must be a personal problem with you i think
1: oh no no it's it's for just sure
0: i'm not a sm- smart, man. <laughs> no, smart man before we and then before we get into it mr house how you doing today I'm, I'm doing fantastic
2: uh i wasn't putting on coming up but since you brought up fortnite i had to say uh anthony and i have an open challenge to anyone who thinks they're better than us we're uh Ooh. we're running trios with one of his friends so if anyone wants to get the smoke post mint condition it's time Ooh. to put your money where if your mouth you,
4: is i'm gonna set up a <laughs> i, I, I want to <laughs> get
3: the smoke i mean you gotta he did he you sure gotta did. take him up on
0: it right <laughs> He, from the from the man who brought you bumpin glizzies now we have Bring the smoke. Uh, so we got... I think we need like a, a DJ in, a, in the war room. We need like a streaming channel for gaming because I think that would... Uh, I would watch Mr. House and Anthony go all day at it. Um, but I, I throw it to one more hand before we get into it here with Gentle Tornado. GT, what's up? Homie? Hey,
5: man. Uh, just wanted to let you know, first things first, me and Mr. House and Bundy are starting a show to take over Ryan's Daily Dose show. Second thing is I'm pretty disappointed... After signing the contract I really thought I'd have a you know be able to be in the war room <laughs> so It looks like that's so not happening I've, been, me, like, <laughs> <team> I've it. <laughs> been told a lot of times that I'm supposed to be in the war room I need to be in the conversation and yet again I was lied to a lot of
0: promises time. GT I'm sorry Lots I'm of promises. sorry I'm sorry <laughs> I will get them I, I promise you I'll get them to you today So I'm if not, you were to rank, um, or
1: if you were to rate your uh, your, your... <laughs> the the interactions you've had with the dgen Bun- on yeah no uh, yeah no i, I was
0: <laughs> zero out of ten <laughs> the
1: the onboarding experience with bunchu versus the onboarding experience with with me uh how would you rank those two things uh gt I, i'd be curious enough. yeah it's a zero not a lie to you <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wanted to give you a one but i
5: could
1: nail it There's you no know chamber
0: has me. access to the wallet too
1: so uh, barely you don't want to give yeah. me that access that's
0: chamber has access to the wallet too so there's no excuses here (laughs) so uh, i promise i'll get you guys those uh today we need you in the war room especially if we're going to be doing Fortnite battles but let's dive into the show today we are joined by franklin fitch of parallel and i there's so much backstory here first of all if you don't know if you don't know franklin yet or or Lovingly, Frank or Fitch, as we call him, uh, definitely give the man a follow. I have so much backstory with with Fitch here. Um, Fitch goes way back with Chamber and I to like the 2017, 2018 days yes. of being in crypto, and yeah, and and I do have to say, Fitch, I owe my entire my entire NFT career to you. This is a little known. This is fact. true. Yeah,
3: this is true. Yes,
0: that. You, you, sir, are the one that basically red pilled me on NFTs and, and um, Top Shot and art uh, like nifty gateway drops and all of this stuff, like specifically from you. You were on this stuff so early. And as somebody that I respect in the space, you know, I saw you kind of get into all these things and I had just millions of questions and you were so kind to kind of, uh, guide me through my, my NFT onboarding as I had not really, um, you know, I, I was learning about it and you were so far ahead of the game with, with things like, you know, art blocks, uh, nifty gateway drops, all of that kind of stuff. And I, you were the one actually that sent me, uh, a top shot alpha, group or beta group, um, invite link. And you got me into the top in October of 2020, I believe it was. That's, uh, that's right. You sent that me, about right. yeah. yeah. And you sent me, um, a DM and you were like, Hey, uh, you know, we've been talking about NFTs for a bit. This is going to be the next big thing. And you actually got me to create my top shot account. So, uh, we go way, way back, not only from podcast appearances, cause Fitch, Uh, another little known fact uh is the all-time leader in podcast experience or appearances with me and chamber this i think is your fifth time it it is yeah we determined we determined that
3: right it was number number five so it's so crazy were there four times on the journey that i've been through with you guys like seeing it right because we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the the early period and what happened there but you know kind of a little rug pull type situation that was pretty unfortunate. People throw yeah, the
1: term right. rug pull around willy yeah. nilly, but not to, yeah, this was not a, not to this your, not a willy-nilly No, no, no,
3: but nonetheless, like, uh, you know, it was like I went through some, some, uh, some dark times after initially meeting you and then, um, you know, came, <laughs> came back in a strong way. And like I was super early to NFTs, like you alluded to. Um, it was like late night, 2019, early 2020 that I, I started, you know, seriously digging into them and, it was like me and D's and Trill, you know, were like the first people that yeah. I knew talking about NFTs on crypto Twitter. Like nobody, nobody was fucking talking about it. So I remember, yeah. you know, you and I were, were, you know, both of you guys were still tight. And um, yeah, I started posting about it. And I had a couple couple calls, you know, things that I got involved with that ended up being uh, huge. You know, like I remember minting art block squiggles when they were still I, mintable for the site. I was site. just
1: about to say that. You know, you were the one that told me, to get squiggles, and I, yeah. I think I picked up like six or seven of them.
3: Oh, dude, life changing! Uh, like do I have six... one of them? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the the six squiggles, you know, at a period of time was was life changing, right? Like I minted fifteen from the site, and I think I was up like two hundred x on on that, you know. And it was like it was crazy; it was just wild to see it happen. And like when I started minting, and you guys remember this, like there was no, it wasn't flipping; it was just like, oh, this is kind of cool way to use me and collect some shit. You know, we had no idea like things were going to blow up and then yeah i I remember like being in uh top shot like pre-beta um and you know buying up that stuff before there was a queue and like telling people about it and you know those those ripped um and then parallel where i work now is was like my other huge play in nfts and you know, like the, the pre-sale, you know, before PD one, even I was like waving the flag as hard as I could, like, please pay attention to this. Like, this is going to be, you know, earth shattering. And, um, obviously we know what happened, you know, it, it was, so yeah, it was, it was a really cool journey to kind of be, you know, with you guys in like, you know, since like 2017 crypto days and, um, you know, kind of bust my ass trying to build something and, and that, that thing failed initially. And then, you know, kind of being like, well, damn, what's next? I'm not going to quit. Like I there's something special about this industry. You know, I have to keep going. Um, and then finding, you know, NFTs super early. And it, it was like life changing, you know, and um, it's just like, I think if there's like one lesson from my story, it's just like, don't quit, you know, um, even if like something blows up in your face, and you tried your hardest to, to do it, and it like still didn't work. You know, those are times to dig deep and kind of find that resolve and be like, No, I'm going to I'm going to keep pushing here because I know there's opportunity. I know there's something special. I know there's an ideal that I'm fighting for. So yeah, I mean, I'm not, not trying to get esoteric here, but like, that's, that's the vibe, you know?
0: No. And I think that resonates with a lot of people listening to this space because it's a similar story to like myself. And I'm looking at a, a DM I sent you on August 1st, 2021, where I'm, I'm, basically saying thank you for getting me into like you leading me on my nft guide because i had just quit my job to come in full time so i uh sent you that message august 1st and then i'm looking back at like you know 2020 where you're sending me top shot stuff and so i really appreciate you and the journey we've been on And it's funny like you know we've we've kind of uh i would say you know, we're, we're on different paths. So we don't cro- our paths don't cross as much as, as they used to, uh, which is a shame. So we'll have to keep you on the, on the guest circuit and keep that, that title for, for all time leading guest.
3: <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Cause I, you guys have always been like upstanding guys and, you know, like funny and, you know, working hard and, and kind of trying to build businesses in this space. And I think, you know, that's what you want to be around people like that, who are also trying to build and make this space better. Um, and you know create content and and i'm kind of gonna we'll talk a little bit about this dabbling in content creation soon myself um but yeah i mean it's it's you guys have always been some of my my favorite people in the industry and and i've i've enjoyed our conversations over the years so much and yeah i'm excited to talk to you guys today because it's kind of like my dream in many ways is starting to come to fruition with uh with parallel and i'm excited to kind of share for people in the audience who may not be uh familiar with with like what we're doing like why i think it's Incredibly important, and um, what excites me about it.
0: Yeah, I would love to to get into that. And I know that there's some people listening in this space that were with us in the DGEN War Room uh, back in the you know early parallel days when we were dropping the the initial cards and initial packs and things like that. And so um, they are probably familiar from that standpoint from from way back. The Wayback Machine of last year, uh, but they may or may not have been continuing to follow it. So I'm really excited to kind of get in deep with you on what's been going on in Parallel since then. So maybe for those who may not be familiar, uh, I guess let's let's talk about what's your role within Parallel and just to kind of uh, start with a brief you know, high-level overview.
3: Yeah, so, uh, you know, run growth at Parallel, and and that kind of takes many different meanings depending on the week. Um, You know, as we transition more into the actual, you know, launch period of the game, which uh, actually we have a major milestone coming up next week, uh, which is the release of Alpha, and that would be the first time that, like, the public is ever playing Parallel. So that's incredibly exciting. Uh, It's been two years, you know, that we've been working on this to get to this point. And a lot of people were like, one game, all these guys are, these assholes are never going to launch a game. And it's finally like, fuck you, like we're launching a game, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's exciting. And like, seriously, though, like, I mean, you have a team of 65 people now, at least like, and then wow. like various outsourcing groups that we may work with for certain pieces of work, working on this for two years, obviously, the team wasn't always 65 people, but like scaled up to that. So like the amount of work that's gone into this is tremendous. And it's like, we're trying to build a triple A tier title which I would argue that we haven't really seen AAA tier titles in Web3 yet. And there's all the blockchain components that need to be built too. So you need developers for that. Like it's an immense undertaking. And so, you know, I don't know if like publicly that, that message ever comes through of just like how much work is required and the scale and the resources behind it and the millions of dollars spent to get to where we're about to be. And alpha is not the end of the story. It's actually the beginning of the story, but you know, it is an exciting milestone. But yeah, just to digress, like, uh, you know, growth, it, it's, I think, at various points in the history of parallel has meant different things. You know, sometimes it's looking at kind of the, the packs and how we, you know, price those and where the market's at. And, you know, sometimes it's kind of looking at new product lines that we might have coming. And sometimes it's thinking about strategy. And, you know, other times it's kind of talking to influencers, um, you know, be they gaming influencers or, People within the crypto world and kind of, you know, explaining to them what we're doing, Um, you know, it may be evaluating other marketing partners like there's a variety of different um, shapes and forms that that has taken and and can take. But it's it's progressing more and more into, strictly speaking, you know, marketing um, as we sort of prepare for what the launch of the game is going to look like. And you know one of the one of the common axioms in cryptos is when marketing, and I, I think um, to our credit we, we've sort of <laughs> held back on that, and we've had incredible organic growth. You know, over 100,000 followers on Twitter, uh, 200,000 registered users, um, a beta that was like six x over, or alpha that was six x oversubscribed. Um, we're the 18th most traded NFT collection ever in history. Uh, we're probably number two in gaming behind Axie. Their numbers are a little bit hard to determine. Um, And then we're the number one card-based NFT, all-time traded. So, like, the accomplishments have been great, but that's all been without, you know, any real marketing spend. And so, you know, the question becomes, like, what do we do when we spend dollars on marketing? How do we try and be the breakthrough title in Web3 Gaming that will appeal to Web2 gamers? And that's an immensely difficult question, right? We had a lengthy debate about it in Discord yesterday. There's many opinions. I spend most of my waking hours thinking about it, but you know, obviously there's a, a strategy and expenditure of money that has to happen there to, to achieve that. And I would say more and more of my time is spent there.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. So I, I think um, for those who may not know... It, Describe what parallel is, how it works. Let's start like very high level at the top. Um, And then I would love to go into, you know, you said why it's important. I think that's a really interesting topic.
3: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, we are a sci-fi franchise first and foremost, right? I think it's important to make that distinction that we're not just a game title. Like we're building an entire, it's like a Star Wars type of a universe, right?
0: Yeah, it's a universe, yeah. man. If you've ever if you've ever spent any time in parallel, like it's it's the lore is super deep. The factions are deep. It's just such a fun, it is really a universe. Yeah, it,
3: and it's pretty mind blowing. And that was the thing that first drew me to it. Um, you know, when the pre-sale was about to happen, uh, the you know, the founder Kalos, he and I had chatted on a clubhouse space. This was back when clubhouse was still a thing. And uh, he showed me the site and the lore pages, I was like, dude, this is really excellent lore. Like, I'm a huge lore guy. Uh, It's like, probably what I spend my time the most on outside of work is reading, you know, or watching various lore videos or reading Dune or books like that, you know, I'm just really into great stories. And it had that greatness in it. And it had that potential to be like a global franchise in just how the just the initial lore pages, you know, And obviously, it's been built out so much. We have 280-something cards in the base set, which are all now finished. The art is by some of the greatest 3D artists in the world. You know, we have Emmy winners on the team. We have just an incredibly talented group of people producing the art. And, you know, all of that art tells an immense story as well to build out upon that core lore, the flavor text of the cards. We've also released edition one of our comic, which was produced with Raid, who does Marvel and DC Comics. Uh, And that was amazing. And edition two is coming very soon. Um, And so each of those editions tells um, more of the core story focused on each of the factions. So the first one was Earth and faction. Second one is Qathari. But I, I should probably take a step back and explain the story of Parallel at a very high level. So basically in the relatively near future to present day Earth, there is a need to create more energy, right? As civilization is expanding, and this experiment with antimatter and fusion goes horribly wrong and basically massively irradiates planet Earth and is a extinction-level event for humanity. And so in order to survive, they create four massive ships, uh, which are like civilization-saving ships, and they flee in four different directions in the solar system. And one group is left behind. And so over you 10,000-plus know, years, essentially, these four different paths that humanity has taken evolve in parallel. That's where the name parallel comes from to be different versions of human beings. So the group that's left behind on earth becomes earthen. They develop like a connection to the land and are more sort of primal and naturalistic in nature, although they still have access to technology. Uh, One group goes to Mars. They're called called the Marcolian. They become sort of imperialist, you know, high science types, uh, a lot of advanced technology, one group is stuck on their ship um, without a, a clear destination to settle. And in order to survive the rigors of space and being on a ship for that long, they've modified their body more and more over time to be augencore. They're augmented versions of humans, basically, with metal arms and things like that. Uh, one group goes to Europa, uh, which is a moon of Jupiter, and it's a ball of ice, effectively. And in order to survive, they have to grow food, um, You know, and the methods of growing food and other environmental conditions end up making them sterile. And so they become cloners. Um, And so they're all clones. It's a civilization of of cloned humans, essentially. And uh, one group is drawn into a singularity. They're pulled through a black hole. They meet some kind of dark power on the other side. It sends them back through. And they're now religious zealots who worship this dark power and are imbued with unnatural abilities, let's just say. So that's the, that's the backdrop of Parallel. The event that initially caused the cataclysm is a, a reaction, and it matures, and it becomes the ultimate source of power in the solar system. And they all detect this, all the factions, and all fight for it. So the, the story of Parallel, the backdrop of the, the game as you're going to see it, is everybody coming back to Earth to fight for this source of energy, and possibly for other reasons as well, which will be explored more but the core game itself is a trading card game and so all the art you see is the art on the cards so you have art and effectively a combination of units or effects or relics for each different faction and then if you're familiar with like Magic the Gathering or Hearthstone or games like that it's like it's a it's a game like that so you'd basically assemble a deck which would be comprised of like i said some combination of units so for Marcolian it could be a Lancer tank, or an Earthbreaker cannon. These are real cards that we have. And so there are these, you know, advanced pieces of machinery. Um, You know, for Earthen, they have their own units. And then you have effects and you have relics. And you basically assemble a deck with those and you battle against someone else. So I could play you, Chamber, and you would have your deck, I would have mine, and we would duke it out. So that was very long-winded, but at a high level, that's kind of like the parallel story the franchise at a high level. And obviously the intention would be to build out multiple games. And we are planning in that direction right now. I uh, can't say too much about that, but there's work being done. And then, you know, you have comics, you have, we are exploring toys. Um, but the core deliverable for us is that trading card game. And like I said, that enters alpha next week.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, I am fascinated when I hear you talk about like, all the lore and the game uh, and the story behind it. Chamber, you're a big lore guy, aren't you?
1: Big lore energy. I love it. Uh, no, 100. Uh, that,
0: that's oh, sorry, that's LARP. Oh, LARP. pardon me. Yeah, LARPer. I got confused.
1: Yeah. LARP. No, no, this is uh, this is definitely uh, the type of stuff that I really enjoy. I like in anything, right? Whether it's games, I like you know big world stuff, lots of lore. Uh, if I'm watching. Um, you know, if if I'm watching movies or TV, I like big, not I like big novels. Um, so yeah, the more, the more story there is to, you know, to something, the more I'm into it. So I was just listening listening to you talk about it. I'm like, this is, this sounds absolutely yeah, it's, phenomenal. It's super,
0: it's super robust. Des, I'm curious to hear what your thought is on like how games like this. Um, you know how you see games like this in the the conversation of like mass adoption right like we talk a lot about here you know with what we're doing with what I'm doing with Starbucks and things like that as one method of kind of onboarding and mass adoption but there's kind of that that's a whole different sphere than what we're talking about here curious on your take
2: I'm curious on my take on on how the uh how like lore can play into mass adoption or
0: yeah just like these kinds of games right like i think we're seeing you know the the um i would say the cross-section of gaming is something we touch on a lot but this is a different type of game than i think people um normally say oh nfts and gaming right like they're usually thinking of kind of these uh more you know Traditional things that we're thinking of, and this mm-hmm. is kind of a cross of you know trading card game gaming, all this stuff, and how does that lead to you know exposing people to this for the first time?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I think it just probably connects with a different audience, right? And 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 maybe uh, does a better job at connecting with this type of audience, which is used to like a uh, you know a TCG style um, game. Um, rather than, you know, if that's the thing is, right, we were trying to communicate with, like, AAA uh, gamers with, you know, really crappy games. Um, This seems to be on the level of, like, any other really high-quality TCG game, um, and so maybe it'll, it'll bridge that gap a little bit better. But I, that was one of my questions, actually, to Fitch, is, like, what is the closest kind of comparator that you guys see uh, in the non-Web3 space right yeah. now to, to
4: your game? Yeah, I
3: mean, I think we're, we're like, positioned directly between Magic and Hearthstone. Um, Magic is, is certainly, like, the grandfather of, of all TCGs, you know? It, it is the blueprint for how you make a TCG, But, like, we have some meaningful innovations in terms of game design that improve upon things that are, um, you know, weak points of Magic. And we also have a pace of game um, and some elements that are more similar to Hearthstone. So Hearthstone is a faster-paced game. Magic is slower, generally speaking. Um, And so we've kind of... The pace of games is kind of anywhere from, like, 5 to 15 minutes, usually. Uh, So it feels really kind of good. You can get through games pretty quickly but there's a pretty substantial amount of depth. You know, if you're playing like a Rookie Q game uh, with Marcolian versus Augancore, you know, your game time is going to be like five to seven minutes. You know, if you're playing like Shroud and Earthen with more advanced decks, it could be 15 minutes more. It could be 20, 25 minutes. So, you know, there's a lot of sort of variability in, in complexity, uh, but at the, at the core of it, it's a, it's a simple and it's a tight gameplay loop, which I think is important in the modern age. We saw the success of Marvel Snap, Uh, Marvel Snap is definitely a different it's more of a battler uh, type of game in a way but the pace is very very quick it's like three to four minutes for a game Um, and so that blew up it was hugely successful and it got people who weren't into TCGs into that type of game uh, because the UX was so good and the gameplay loop was so tight so I think that you need something that's kind of similar to that but like has more complexity to it for people who are into TCGs and want to push that that envelope a little bit but yeah i would say that it's it's most comparable to magic or
0: hearthstone yeah that's interesting i'd be um curious to hear your thoughts on well one maybe this question first so how do the how does the nft uh technology play into what you're doing here from um You know, multiple angles, I guess the the gameplay angle and kind of how does how are you guys pairing that with what you're doing in in like the physical realm? Um, Because I'm interested in in how that gap is being um, pursued.
3: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think this is a part of our model that's actually the best part of the model. Um, I tweeted a thread about this earlier today, but like, what is it going to take for Web3 games to break through this glass ceiling? And one of those things is that the game has to be free or very cheap to play, and it should not ever require NFTs. And that is the case with Parallel. You do not need a single NFT to play the game. So the core gameplay will have what's called apparitions, which are versions of cards that are digital but not ownable. And you can continue to unlock those as you progress through tutorial and as you progress through Rookie queue and continue to win games, you can unlock more of these, Right and you can also unlock an nft right Um, and that one nft will start to allow you to earn prime and then you'll be presented with screens like hey you could be earning x amount of prime right and so you will have this option to accrue decks of nfts if you wish obviously everyone up to this point has been buying the nfts that's what we sold Um, and so if you want to earn prime that part is gated by NFTs. If you want access to unique types of play, maybe tournament formats, unique in-game visuals, that's gated by NFTs. But the actual game itself is in zero way gated by money or NFTs. It is completely free. So this is a, like the critical thing to be able to onboard people. Because if you go to TCG players now and you say, we've got this awesome game, but you need five NFTs to play They're going to be like, fuck off. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, absolutely not. But if you go to them and you say, we've got a really awesome game. It's free to play. Come click here and check it out. They're like, okay, that I'll do. And then you can sort of ladder them up into experiences, give them free NFTs along the way, and show them what it would be like if they had more. And so that's that's the design at the core. That's how the NFTs play in. And that's how they don't play in.
0: Yeah, that's super um, intriguing. And I think it's a lot of kind of the strategy that we're doing in the loyalty space with Starbucks, right? Like at the at the end of the day, it's a game layer on top of a loyalty program and it's free to play, meaning it's participate to earn and, uh, and things like that. And I think that's super key to um, one, onboarding, two, like, the the whole game experience, right? It should be free to play with, with gated access at other areas. So that's super cool. How does, how does prime then play in to, to the mix?
3: Yeah. So prime is um, the token that will be associated with parallel. If you scroll over in the pin stuff up top, there's a bunch of things there. So prime token unlock is March 1st. Um, That'll be exciting. Uh, we have the closed alpha announcement. We have um, uh, the collaboration with uh, Coinbase that's mentioned. We have...
0: I was going to yeah, next. Wait, we'll, we'll, get there. we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll
3: get to Prime, get to Prime yeah. first. And then we have the gameplay clip, and then we have my YouTube. I, I, I had to throw a personal show in there. I mean, come on. It's like... Wait, wait. Okay. Anyway, um, but Prime is is a token that's issued by a decentralized foundation called Echelon. And actually, in the lore of the parallel universe, Echelon is like a universal cartel that like goes between Mm -hmm. the factions. So that's actually a really good way to think about what Echelon is in the decentralized governance sense. So first of all, the amount of work that's been done behind proper governance, proper economic modeling around Prime is staggering. It's been more than a year of work with a ton of legal work on it, a ton of like brilliant people, full-time data scientists who just model this stuff out. And we're trying to build a... Well, and I'll get to the difference between what we have as play to earn, but a play to earn system that actually works and is not extractive in an infinite dumping loop. Right. Um, and so, Oh
0: man, you're speaking right. To yeah. My Cause I mean, here. there's, it's broken.
3: <laughs> Let's be honest. Like play to earn is fundamentally yes. broken and we we, we examined it deeply and we said, what is broken about it? Right. Because the core of it is really appealing and attractive. And so yes. you, first of all, It's what I would say that we have is more of a win to earn, right? You are not going to be rewarded for minimum viable actions with Prime, period, right? So you will need to, for one, have NFTs, so there's sunk cost. NFTs can be purchased with Prime, so there's a reinvestment component, right? The NFTs themselves have a factory NFT quality, which I'll get into. And Prime is um, very much designed to be circular. And so we've already... D- deployed multiple game syncs or sort of pre-game syncs if you want to think of them that way places to spend prime before we launch the game and those have sunk like 10% of claimed prime already so like effectively we've we've succeeded at proving the model thus far and it's only going to get more proven i think as time goes on but effectively sunk cost circularity and then you have to have prime have strong utility right and you have to make sure that people are increasingly incentivized by their holdings and winning, right? So, like, if you are an ineffective player and you're just trying to farm it, you're not going to get shit, right? It, it's, it's designed so that you will not be able to exploit it. And um, that, I think, is the key. So it, it, it removes this sort of infinite dump mechanic that other tokens, I'm not going to name names, have had in the play-to-earn space. And, <laughs> you know, that is the critically broken part of it. Um, you want to create something that has more robust value over time, not less. And so that's been the way that we designed Prime.
0: That's um, spot on, in my opinion. Like, it's funny, I, when we started forum three, it was actually around this same thesis of like, why these play to earn games were fundamentally broken. And we thought the same thing you did in terms of like the e- if the ecosystem is is powered by you know player funds and they're rewarded for that, all it is is just extractive because everybody's just trying to ROI the fastest and there's no stability in a token, right? And so we actually took that same thesis that you just mentioned and applied it to loyalty program and it's uh, like fundamentally they're very similar except for the you know the erc20 attached to it but it, it was it was built around that same thesis of of why the traditional play to earn games we were seeing were all kind of broken there but uh chamber what are you what are your thoughts so far here listening to, to our old friend fitch do we do we lose chamber or do we lose me I can hear you fine.
2: I think Chamber might just be on mute. Chamber's dead. He might be. Is is the the, that's it?
3: The DJ the 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 new account is is saying thumbs down. Is is he
0: stuck? I have no idea but whatever we, we'll go on I got you. Des yeah, okay. Des uh, I'm curious at your thoughts so far listening to this. I I know you probably traded parallel cards early on where when they first dropped like a lot of us did that were in the space at the time but I'm guessing you probably haven't revisited it until now. I'm curious your thoughts
2: you know, it was so crazy. It was one of those things that I always wanted to get into. And I, I'm not the biggest TCG guy. But I mean, like everyone, my age, we, we all played Pokemon or traded Pokemon. And so, you know, Top Shot and uh, Parallel always had this like kind of pack uh, thing to it that just felt mm-hmm. nostalgic. And I always wanted to do it except i could just never get a pack um (laughs) so (laughs) that 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 precluded me from from trying to enter and i don't know i was bitter on the secondary at, at times but no i it's something that i've always been on the sideline of but have been so fascinated about and just hearing fitch go through the lore at the beginning like there's places that lore belongs and then there's places that it doesn't. I I mean, obviously something like this, I think it absolutely, uh, does. And is a necessity and to, to see how they've done such a good job at, at, you know, uh, interweaving it, it's, it's phenomenal. I'm, I'm super excited about, about everything. Yeah. We, we have cold up here. We have cold up here as well. Cold is with, uh, is with echelon
3: as an emissary prime. So he is actually sort of one of the, the parties responsible for, uh, the governance and the and the token side of things, so it'll be interesting to to pass the mic to him in a second. But yeah, just to, to echo that last point, you know, like it, it is such an interesting franchise, and you're so right that it has been, how shall I say, like at times difficult to get into. It is it is complicated what we've built, right? It, like we the, the prime proposal and all the documentation that we put out just around the ecosystem was like over 200 pages, you know. And like, it's hard to demystify that. It's kind of at, at certain points, you're like, how do I get into this? And now that we've sold all the packs, it's like, the answer is almost easier, right? The base set is done. We did six pack drops. It's, it's done. There's not no more pack, packs for the base set. And so it's kind of like, all right, now I can just pick a faction and I can just go look at the secondary and sweep up some cards. And we've actually seen, and I, I don't like to talk about price or anything, but we've seen prices rising sort of across the collection now that it's all distributed effectively. The other answer to this question is that Coinbase, we've partnered with them to release starter packs. So starter packs will be like really cheap, you know, starter decks that you can buy that are NFTs. So it's not going to be the greatest deck in the world, but it'll be effective and you'll be earning Prime at a full clip. So those will be released closer to game launch. Um, We have another interesting thing, our faucet, um, the payload is what we call it. And you can spend one Prime to get one card. That's actually turning off soon as um, it's going to be dynamically adjusted based on whatever Prime ends up at in the market. But you know, the, the fact of the matter is we've, we've got a couple ways to get cards. The secondary is there right now. There's plenty of liquidity. And so it's just kind of like saying, which is my faction? And let me go start to grab a couple a couple cards and at least have some NFTs in my deck, knowing that I don't need all the NFTs. So there's no forced, it's not this pressure thing where I have to go know exactly how to put a deck together, but there are certain cards that I like, um, maybe from an art perspective. We've also been doing a series of streams with Ready Player Dow and Ali Straza. Ali Straza is like a really big Hearthstone streamer, and we kind of brought her on and we did some deck building exercises on stream and talked through like, what does it look like to put together a parallel deck? What are some cards that are good to look at, right? And so that's a good resource as well uh, that people can check out. Um, it's on Ryan Cabrera's stream on Twitch and Ali in parallel. So if you search that, you should find it, but those are resources I'd point you to that are like more actionable. Um, and then we have a podcast at parallel TCG pod on Twitter that there's some great information there as well.
0: Man, I was listening to that podcast when it first started uh, and I was hooked instantly and I unfortunately fell off it. I After this conversation, I'm going to need to get back in, involved. The, the problem for me has always been time, unfortunately, but I'm just so fascinated by this and and it really is done right and done well. And it's, it's hard to, you know, in the current environment of NFTs and projects, it's hard to deny when something is done so thoughtfully and well like you need to be involved in it um so i'm definitely gonna be look i'll I'll be pinging you to get back in in the game here Yeah. so to figure out what i'll help
3: you and like this is why i'm starting my own youtube um i think it's the very first link that's pinned up at the top i'm gonna be publishing a lot of content on parallel but like i've spent countless hours kind of you know thinking about this stuff and, and working here and You know, I want to help demystify for people, but I will say that like the end goal and Kalos, our our founder talks about this all the time, is to make these things that were 200 page documents, five buttons, right? So the end state of of parallel is going to be a UX that you click. It's not going to be, I have to read a fucking paper, research paper, right? So, you -hmm. know, we're progressing closer and closer to that. And when people experience the alpha game client, they will get their first taste of that, which is that like... This is all going to be buttons, right? It's it's not going to be things that are complicated. And our goal is to abstract away as much complexity as possible and make it so that, you know, if you want to get NFTs, it's super easy to do. Uh, if you want to play the game, that's super easy to do. And all that stuff should be just, like, plain and simple, you know?
0: Yeah, I think what's uh, there's another awesome thing here to me that is fascinating, and it's, it's like, the community slash collectability aspect of of these uh like of the actual kind of nft trading cards um you know we see I, i'm super fascinated by collectability and i can see you know there being some some rabid collectors oh, dude, we have, out there for stuff like this insane, like
3: i said i mean i gave the numbers earlier on it's the 18th most traded nft collection yeah. all time uh, it's, it's the number one card collection all time, and it's probably number two in gaming, as best I can tell, because uh, we don't really have clear data from Axie. But like, it's the, the collecting community is super robust, so that's why I mean, there's great liquidity. Volume has been really, really spiking lately uh, as we approach Prime launch and, and Alpha. Uh, there's a lot of new interest starting to come in, and so it's exciting. I mean, like, and I was that was the thing that appealed to me first. Before this was well before the game. This was two years ago. Well, I was over.
0: This is what you got yeah. me into it. How you got me into it about the collectability of some of the stuff, like the prime keys and things. Yeah, like and that. like
3: early purchases, you know, did did very well, right? And um, I think um, you know there was a there was a comment earlier about the the secondary and like the secondary around PD two experienced like a massive appreciation, like it was like unbelievable levels of prices for some of these cards, and obviously that wasn't sustainable and it came down, but it's it's found a floor and it's kind of you know it's it's been very healthy lately. Um, that floor, I would say, was months ago that it that has been found, and naturally, after the initial primary distribution of cards, that would be the market dynamic that you would assume would play out, and that's what played out. So, you know, it's it's a, it's yeah, a good I, time. I don't think like, that's what I just want to leave people t- with that impression. It's a good time to be looking at it. I want to emphasize: you do not need to buy cards. I never ever tell. you. Yeah, that's that's correct. never what I tell people to do with parallel. You know, but it's a it's a thing that you can do if you're interested in it, and there's a really exciting group of collectors that are very passionate about it
0: yeah and that's what it's funny like you you look at some of these collections the nft collections and you look at prices of things and it's hard to wrap your head around but when you look at like the collectability of uh of a trading card game like this where there's such a rabid community around it and there's um you know like there's excuse the pun, parallels of things you can compare it to, as in there's a massive trading card collectible physical market, right? And like you can start to really build a collector's thesis around some of that stuff, which I think is is fascinating if you're listening and you're more of the, uh, the NFT collector type. But uh, I do want to ask two quick questions here. One is... Back when, you know, one of the things that intrigued me so much about the team and what you guys were building originally was the kind of crossover of the digital and physical, um, specifically related to the, the cards, right? And one of the coolest things I had seen early on from you guys was... Adapting these cards in and using things like AR to create these really cool experiences—is that still something that you guys are leaning into? Yeah,
3: yeah, it is. Um, so, for those that are unfamiliar, we we've put out some pretty pretty mind-boggling demos of of these things. So,
0: just like so, so cool. basically, like yeah, like I,
3: if I, maybe someone can find them and pin them, it's going to be hard because they're kind of buried in there. But like, if you take a physical parallel card. Which we are actively in the exploration and production phase of these cards. It's complicated. I will talk a little bit about the complication. You would not imagine how difficult bridging that gap really is. Um, we've gone deep down that rabbit hole, and it's actually it's actually really difficult. But the idea being, like we've we put demos of a full playable board of parallel in AR with physical cards as the AR markers, right? And so you know we are interested in exploring alternative methods of gameplay i don't know if you've ever if you remember on the millennium falcon and star wars they play that hollow chess where the pieces Mm -hmm. are actually like 3d in real space that's kind of what it is right and we, we built like our version
0: of that the the they're so cool when you see yeah. them. If, I wish I could I wish I had one like t- readily available cuz I I remember sending them around to people when I saw those videos and like it's like dude, it's people. fucking crazy. Like it's really wild. Yeah. That
3: that people see that and they're instantly like I've never ever seen this before. Like it's it's,
0: it's super it's, cool. It's really yeah. uh, it's, it's like
3: when you see that a, a flat card, you know, in real space is put down and an AR 3D model pops out of it, that is just like whoa, holy shit, you know? But so we are we are exploring yeah. the AR side more, but the side that we've actually leaned more heavily into is 3D. So there's a mm. there's a difference, right? AR, you know, is obviously like interactive rigged models, and 3D just means the asset itself created in like you know Unreal in like high definition. So all of the parallel mm-hmm. cards have corresponding 3D assets that we've created. Now this process alone has cost a lot of money but I think people can probably begin to see where we're going with this, and it's going to be game-changing. Because basically what this means is that every parallel card that exists as an NFT flat asset also exists as a 3D object, right? And these 3D objects, well, question mark, question mark, question mark, what could be done with them? And that becomes like an infinite area of possibility. Because if you think about like, now we want to go create a different type of game. We have every asset that exists as a parallel card mm, as a three D object, and that means that we can just create that game with the existing body of assets that we have. And so, I think you can get what I'm alluding to is that yeah, we're sure. we're actively exploring what that would be and what those games would be, right? And uh, I can't say any more on that subject yet, but you know, it's we, Kalos, our founder, has pretty clearly alluded to it on Twitter, is that like we are actively interested in multiple types of ways to play parallel, period, right? That doesn't mean the TCG only. The AR models and explorations there are hints at ways that we might go with that. But it means like any type of game within the parallel universe can be created using this body of assets.
0: That's pretty awesome. I I did just get word uh, that Chamber may be back. Chamber, do we have you here? uh yeah i'm
1: back sorry i just had a, a little uh, household uh you know
0: was your toaster on no, fire or my uh oh.
1: my wife uh just your child on my fire? wife had stepped away for a few minutes uh, she's just uh at the neighbor's house and my kids were
0: uh fighting with each other so mm. my kid almost choked on a golf ball today, a so. golf ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have no idea how But uh, that's what happened in my house. I I had had to go
1: lay the hammer down. Um, Mm, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm not a nice dad all the time, you know? Yeah, I get it. Trust me. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts so far, Chamber, as somebody who's kind of seen this evolve early and now kind of probably revisiting for the first time in a while. Well,
1: honestly, it it just kind of makes me appreciate kind of where we are uh, in this whole crazy Web3 world that we all live in. And it, it, it's going to take time. And it's nice to see, you know, we're, we're starting to see more and more really solid, um, super well-developed projects start to come out. And I think this is, you know, kind of at the at, at the tippy top of all of that. Uh, and, and it gets me excited for the future, right? Like this is more and more things as projects have time. You know, we're, we're very – I was saying the other day, you know, we work on – Uh, you know, hourly news cycles instead of, you know, 20, you know, instead of just daily news cycles uh, that everybody's just so, you know, they're they're just looking for the next things very quick, you know, we're we're flipping stuff and and it's just like, what's next, what's next, what's next. And then you have projects that are actually working really, really hard and over the course of time are are putting out products or will be putting out products that are really going to make a big change. And you know when you talk about onboarding and stuff like that, these are the type of things uh, I, I think. Ga- I mean, we saw it with Axie Infinity as as many as many issues as Axie had, uh, and I'm and I'm glad to hear you know um, we're we're learning from that and we're kind of building on what they did. They did a lot of good things, and they brought a lot of people. That game alone did more for Web three than probably anything else. More than the Board Apes. Right, more, more than on? more than
3: the board apes. Yeah, I would. I would. Hundred percent. Right. Like. Yeah, I mean the the board the board apes. Uh, you know, is a complicated topic. I mean, certainly they did a lot, and and I know it's a bit, of course a divisive subject. Right, but like you can't deny the impact that they've had, and and you know, Axie is was the one that's forgotten. You know, as as arguably a greater impact, we're talking over a million people playing that game, and you know, the scale of that is is really really impressive, and I think. That's what we're trying to be, a, a game that like a million plus people are, are playing. And the fact of the matter is people don't realize it. You know, GT talked about this where the, people don't realize how much TCGs are played. I mean, there's like something like 30 million players of Magic annually. Um, yeah. Not and really, like, eh? Yeah. I mean, both Hearthstone and Magic are in the active multi-millions of players. Um, and even on a monthly basis, I was just looking the other day. Magic Arena had something like six plus million monthly play, monthly active players, you know, so like th- these games can touch a lot of people. And I think if you offer, you know, a compelling version of that um, with the aspects of ownership, you know, it, you, you're you starting to get into territory where, you know, millions of people can can play this and, and be a part of this. And that's where I, I think it's really exciting because I want to get millions of people playing something, you know, and Parallel itself, you know, as I alluded to, is is not just going to be a trading card game. You know, that is where we're starting, and that is the initial focus, and that is where we're putting our chips. But like the the bet that we've taken on ourselves by spending that money to develop the three D assets is that we will be here for years, and we will develop multiple game titles, and we will have the, the library of assets to do it the entire time.
0: fascinating. Cold plunge. I saw you come off mute. Feel free to jump Word, in. Word.
5: Thank you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to comment on this topic of scaling. Um, and this has been an awesome conversation. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you guys hosting. And it, it also, I'll just also note too, it's, uh, you can hear the enthusiasm and, in, in Fitch's voice and, uh, Fitch, you're a great steward for, for our community. And I think that that's pretty common among everybody who's involved on the team. And that, that's true at parallel and echelon as well. And I know uh, I get up every day stoked to get to work. And, uh, I think that says a lot, too, about the team um, and and about our direction. But on this topic of scaling, because Fitch, you did a great job kind of explaining Prime. um, But one thing uh, you didn't spend too much time on was this concept that Prime is not just a token for parallel. Um, It's a token for gaming, generally, and a big focus for for Echelon in term two is going to be, uh, this concept of onboarding and starting to reach out to other games like you guys were alluding to that, that have that level of quality, uh, and potential. And, uh, so prime can exist well beyond just, uh, within the parallel ecosystem. And the the idea is to bring a token that sort of unites, uh, games, across the board. I'm, yeah, I'm that's, super glad you that's brought awesome, that up. CK. Yeah, because that, that,
3: that is probably the secret sauce of Echelon. And its mandate is to be, you know, a champion of Web3 gaming at large um, and have the token utility be according to that. So that would mean, you know, in the future, multiple game titles that are not even just under Parallel Studios would be using this token.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And so I guess that might be a good, segue into i guess maybe our last big question here before we go to um a sebastian hand and then uh start to wrap up here but so based on what you just said there cold plunger fitch whoever wants to take it um talk maybe a little bit about the coinbase partnership how that actually comes into play from the layer two standpoint and maybe why you you chose or or ended up with coinbase that's brand new for most mm-hmm. of us to hear, right? Like, it was just news, what, yesterday or the yeah, day before, right? Yeah,
3: yeah, recent, recent news. So, I mean, we had announced some some collaborations with Coinbase prior. You know, I mentioned the starter packs um, that are going to be distributed via Coinbase. Um, and so Coinbase is, is such a powerhouse and I think sort of underappreciated in terms of what they've done for the crypto industry. Uh, they've been sort of the champion, I think, on the U.S. side. Obviously we saw the debacle with FTX sort of proving categorically that that's true, that they were the, the, the trustworthy party. Kraken needs a nod here as well. Jesse Powell is actually a big MTG player recently followed me. So I'm, I'm super stoked. Hopefully we can, hopefully. Oh, that's
0: like fanboy oh, stuff. I was stoked, man. I was
3: and he sent <laughs> yeah. a picture of himself as a kid with an MTG shirt on and I was like, Oh fuck, this is cool, dude. Like this, this is really neat. So, you know, fingers crossed that we can, we can get them into what we're doing, but you know, we, we've put out a series of announcements that I think indicate a broader relationship with Coinbase and obviously very limited with what I can say there. But, you know, it's it's something where they've shown interest in us as, you know, one of the leaders in Web3 Gaming that that demonstrates robust quality and thoughtfulness uh, about what we're doing and, and sort of an approach that's that's right um, and not exploitative. And so, you know, they have access to 100, 100 million users, you know, and uh, we want those users to be exposed to a great game, and that's sort of the the thought process there. From a technology standpoint, um, base you know is is a really interesting set of technology, obviously on the, the optimism stack, and you know we have a need to employ an L two to manage prime emissions, um, and so mm-hmm. that is specifically what we've we publicly stated that we're going to work with them on
0: super interesting there um let's go to sebastian's hand here and then uh just a couple more quick fire questions for you Fitch, and then we'll wrap this thing up
4: uh thank you guys nice to meet everybody by the way um i'm new in the community so you know uh started my journey in the web tree i would say two months and a half back i have a really cool project that. Uh, I want to do for uh, Web two, Web three, Web two, Web three T- T- that I'm bringing on. So I have a couple of questions, but I also want to pick up your mind because you brought up many interesting points. But uh, you know, when started when you were talking about the what's next and also the technologies, but also like the collector market and also gaming. You know, making things really interesting. So I'm building a platform that will make it easier to collab and you know content publishing and also monetization and sustaining. Um, a lot of the activities that would be all about art, anime, and gaming, and entertainment. So uh, we're going to build the tools and provide the technologies. But what I was going to ask are like, question number one, what makes a game in Web3 interesting and sustainable, uh, both for the rewards and the economy of it? So that people feel compelled, and you know it doesn't just crash down and burn. Um, and the second question would be, what do you guys have for the vision of technology for the space? If you were talking it from founders' perspective, and that those are my two questions. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll let, I'm gonna throw that to Fitch because Fitch, I feel like you, uh, one, you're super well versed on that, but two, I feel like you also see the future. So, <laughs> uh, the floors yours on both of those. Yeah, questions. sorry.
3: Well, um, the, can you summarize the, the first question again? I just want to make sure I'm answering it.
0: First question. First question was what makes a compelling oh, web three
3: yeah, yeah, game yeah. as far as mechanics and, well, and things yeah. like that.
0: Second question was what's future for technology in this kind yeah, of space. Yeah, I mean, so
3: the, the answer to the first question is is a great game in and of itself, right? like the economy and the other factors are not going to work if people don't want to play the game, right? Like that is as simple as it gets. You need players actively flowing through that ecosystem to make it effective. And so the only way that you're going to know is if you play the games and you enjoy them, right? And so like this idea of a gameplay loop, um, there's an interesting conversation that I had seen recently. I'll try and tweet it after this. I'll have to find it. Um, but with some some Web2 gaming, you know, uh, titans. And they were talking about, like, what is a gameplay loop and, and how do you make an effective gameplay loop? And so the gameplay loop has to make you feel like you're interesting and it itself has to be interesting and it has to kind of cycle you through a set of meaningful actions. And so a gameplay loop is at the core of games like this, especially where, you know, I do a certain set of actions and then a reward happens and then I'm cycled back to the beginning, right? And, and so, like, or at least some kind of feedback, if not a reward. And I think that is the, the thing that you need to examine when you look at the quality of a game is what is the gameplay loop? Does it make me want to go again? If I play one game, how much do I feel like I want to play another game? And so if you if you have that feeling where you play one round and you're like, man, I gotta play ten more rounds. And I have that feeling with parallel. Uh, and I had it in playtesting when the client sucked. You know, it was a it was a gray box, it was it was janky. But the core gameplay elements were so good and didn't even have any of the reward mechanisms in there, uh, didn't have any of the visual flourish, didn't have any design work. And it still made me feel like I needed to play 10 games, you know, because you play one and you're like, man, I wonder what that combo would be like. So, you know, you need to have a great gameplay loop. And that implies a game that's really worth playing. Otherwise, the economics are not going to work out. I talked about some of the factors earlier as well of economics where like, Minimum viable actions um, may be met with some kind of UX stimulus, but not an actual liquid value reward. The other factor about Parallel that we haven't talked about is we have another kind of in-game XP called Renown. And Renown is uh, accrued by playing games, winning, you know, uh, how you deploy NFTs, etc. but it is not a token. And I think that this kind of a model is important to have something that is like another type of reward that is not a liquid value item, right? And renowned is also used in the spawning process of new cards, as well as other things. So it's it's a situation where you split uh, things that should be different into two pieces, because not every type of action should be rewarded with something that's liquid that I can go sell. So I think that's my, you know, that's my answer to that question. <laughs>
4: i have a follow-up on that one uh my understanding you correct me if i'm wrong but in the web 3 games uh the resources are finite so they're not infinite and they're scarce after a while did that brings up like the bar uh for new players entry and you know it's hard to get new players because uh people have farmed out pretty much everything so is there a way that you make you you answer to that and you fix it or is there is that something that yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's two,
3: there's two answers to that question in the parallel universe. So one of them I just mentioned is Renown. Renowned is not uh, finite. Um, and Prime Token itself is actually circular. So it comes back to replenish pools that would go out to users. Um, so circularity is part of the answer to the, li- the Liquid Token value, part of that equation. And then also the cards themselves can be spawned Uh, to continue to meet demand using player input cost of Prime and Renown. Uh, And so that is a way that you make the actual cards themselves not finite, but you still preserve value of the ones that are the original release cards because they are the ones that are capable of spawning. Um, Furthermore, the apparition system for non-NFT play also is not finite. So there's multiple answers to that
0: yeah that's interesting Uh, i'm fascinated by the mechanics of all this stuff with the game but i think you nailed it on the head right like the core the core game loop has to be intriguing the what the quote-unquote web 3 gaming is like the web 3 of it all comes after a compelling game in my opinion right and it's it's an enhancer to the game not a Precursor to the game is how I would think of it if you're out there kind of trying to develop stuff like that. And then um, before we wrap up, quick, quick rapid fire for you, Fitch. Uh, one, what faction are you and why? Oh,
3: great question. Uh, I am Marcolian through and through. I was actually the, the first person to ever publicly declare as Marcolian. Um, and so, Marcolian, if you remember from earlier, they settled on Mars. It's like imperialists, you know, high science. They're kind of like stormtroopers. Uh, they, they blitz you and they, they have laser guns. And, you know, I always liked in strategy games that type of play. Um, the analogy I'll use is in Civilization, uh, the Japanese, you know, when they got to the Feudal Age or around that time, they would get Samurais and Samurais had a movement bonus um, and they were very powerful units. And I would, I would build up to that point and then I would blitz my enemy and kill them as quickly as possible. So Marcolian playstyle is very fast aggro, push, 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 attack your opponent as, as quickly and with as much firepower as possible. I like that because it unsettles opponents, and it's it's very strong, um, you know, consistent type of play. And aesthetically, I really liked you know, what they had going on. The, the lore of Marcolian is very cool. There was actually like a, an uprising that happened in Marcolian's history where um, the scientists overthrew the politicians, and uh, and made a better society. So, you know, it was uh, it was a really cool story to me. Aesthetically, I thought they were appealing, and um, their play style very much matched mine.
0: Last question before we wrap this up: everything you know about our good friend Chamber over here. Uh, all of your experiences of the last four years of knowing each other uh, packaged into one final question here. What faction is Chamber and why?
2: Hmm.
3: I think chamber chamber is is Earthen or organ Chamber is earthen or I'm so.
1: Sure.
3: I thought that that was that yeah. was what I was initially feeling, but I also felt like Earthen might work. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's that's what you are.
0: I think so, too, actually, if I were to pick one for Chamber. So uh, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm so glad to have done this with you, Fitch. Um, A couple housekeeping things prior to uh, closing up here. Definitely check out all the pinned uh, tweets up top, uh, especially... Subscribe to, if this conversation resonated with you, subscribe to Fitch's YouTube. Uh, check out his thread on where Web3 tech impacts gaming. I think that's a fascinating read if you haven't checked that out yet. Next up, Uh, Our reminders for next week on Monday are up top. So uh, set your reminders, come back and hang with us, please. And even if you don't come back and hang, set a reminder. It helps the Algo appreciate it. And then last big shout. We are at the end of the day on a Friday here, but there is still more Degen content to come later on tonight. We've got the NFT Night Shift at 11 p.m. on our Twitter and YouTube. And then tomorrow you can also set a reminder here for uh, Saturday morning cartoons with uh, GT, Dan the Lost Boy and Omi. Those are I mean fantastic shows uh the newest d gen show it is uh probably the best thing you'll listen to on a Saturday, so definitely check uh set your reminders for those if you don't see them. You can go up to that tweet with the d gen show schedule and uh all the reminders there are in the replies so that's gonna do it for us this week. chamber how are you feeling before we we get out of uh, here
1: I, I'm excited uh I'm excited to wake up bright and early at like nine thirty on saturday morning and <laughs> listen to saturday morning cartoons uh with uh with our new friends uh so no it's uh, it's exciting stuff looking forward to next week too uh every week in, in in this little world of ours brings all sorts of new fun stuff so things are changing all the time so let's see
0: what next next week brings Dez, any parting words here for the weekend
2: uh enjoyed the uh, birthday weekend chamber and uh, this, uh, this was a pleasure today. It was awesome to find out some more information about uh, web three gaming company. That's doing it. Right. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. Fitch cold plunge. Appreciate you guys, Sebastian. Thank you for the uh, conversation. Appreciate it. Um, but that's going to do it for us. Find Fitch, follow Fitch, follow parallel, check it all out. It is fantastic. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. And until next time, stay mint.